All right, Colin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Harry. How are you doing? I'm excited. I uh, have actually never met Brian, but he comes from the rideshare world, I guess you would say. And so we're involved and have a lot of synergy. So hopefully we don't go off on too many uh, tangents, but uh, I know you uh, set up this interview. So I'm going to let you uh, read off his bio and we'll take it away. Yeah, we'll get right into it. Well, good to have you, Brian. Thanks for having me. This This will be very fun. Yeah, I'm hoping for lots of laughs personally um, <laughs> and, and jolly banter. So let's do it. Um, well, I feel like in some circles, you probably don't need any introduction. Um, a man about town when it comes to syndicates. Uh, but, uh, you know, just to tell you a little bit about you, uh, co-founder and lead for the Lyft Syndicate, uh, Uplift, I think it was called. Uh, got about 3,500 members, which is nuts. Um, and across all those syndicates, I think you've raised about 55 plus million. That includes some of what I think you've done at your uh, current role uh, at Hustle Fund running uh, the that the Angel School there. I think I got the name right. Angel Squad. Um, yep. Angel Squad. Got an Angel Squad. Um, and then you've also have a long history of being on the operator side, which is super cool. Lyft, which uh, Harry was keying off of uh, Zooks, Blackbird, and it sounded like you co-founded some companies uh, early on in your career. So obviously a great history there of things to talk about. Um, but yeah, uh, and I think today, like one of the big focuses, um, you know, we want to talk to you about is on the syndicate side. You've done so much in aggregating angels uh, and investors um, and doing it across a bunch of different companies um, and running programs. So I think we got a lot to learn from you about uh, what what it means to actually be an angel, how you get them together and to actually pull together that kind of money. Um, and so, yeah, we're excited to dig in. Thanks. Thanks for that intro. And I'm, I'm excited to dig in with you. Let's do it. Awesome. So Brian, I think a good starting point is I'm just curious, like you've got a lot going on when people maybe in the venture world or tech world, or maybe even off the street, like meet you and ask you, Oh, Hey, Brian, you know, what do you do? What do you tell them? That's a really good question. <laughs> it's hard. I try to get a, a feel for how interested they are yeah. in what I'm going to tell them. And so sometimes I just say, I work in uh, in venture. We invest in er really early stage startups, mm -hmm. and that's where I stop. Um, but most of the time, if it's somebody who seems genuinely curious, I'll tell them I, that that will be my first sentence, and then I'll say, um, I'll say, you know, one thing that we've done that I do day to day is I've built this program called Angel Squad, mm -hmm. and so Angel Squad is a initiative at Hustle Fund, which is an early stage venture fund, where we are teaching people how to make early stage startup investments and then giving them access to invest alongside our fund, all while building a really warm and welcoming com a community um, where people can learn from each other as well. So then I'll start with that and then I'll, I'll see if they want me to go any deeper. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a yeah. perfect starting point. Colin, what's your follow up to that? Well, I've I've actually heard great things about Angel Squad. I have a few friends that have gone through it, and uh, they're at, they're out in the wild, you know, putting checks and deals now. So that's uh, I think a testament to what you guys are doing. Um, well, we'd love to get to know a little bit more about you um, in terms of like you know the fifty five million numbers big, and so I yeah. just tried to come and, uh, unpack that a little bit. But you know, so in terms of like the syndicates, like how many investments does that? How many investments is that? And how many are you going to make this year? I'm just intrigued to understand that a little bit better. Yeah. So that's a combination of the deals that I do with the Lyft Syndicate, which still I still run. Um, so there's a couple deals we do a month or so in mm -hmm. through the Lyft Syndicate. Those are my personal deals. I share all of my deal flow with Hustle Fund. So mm -hmm. Hustle Fund might also invest 
uh, in that company. Um, so a couple deals there. Uh, then we have Angel Squad. So we're syndicating out our our best por performing portfolio companies to Angel Squad. So they, as a member of our program, you get access to those kind of top tier investment opportunities. And so you could you could participate in that. And then one of the things that we did uh, along the way with Angel Squad is we realized there's this really interesting opportunity uh, to invest in later stage startups and pr private market pre-IPO companies. So we started a separate syndicate focused on doing kind of late stage investing. And so that's where a lot of those big numbers come from. Yeah. Um, we invested $5 million into AngelList last round. Uh, we invested in Epic Games uh, through a secondary. Um, so we we did some some later stage deals. Uh, and then along the way, I also, just because I figured out how to kind of do these effectively, I've helped a couple fund managers with their own uh, syndicates as well um, during you know, 2021, 2022, when they just needed more capital to put into their, their top portfolio companies. So because of that, I, I kind of built a pretty solid machine on on running these these investment opportunities and sharing them to big groups of angels, and so th that's kind of how how I've done that. So I think you're you're up to three syndicates right now, if I'm if my math is correct. I think yeah. we'll probably focus a bit on the uh, Lift Up Syndicate and the Angel Squad Syndicate. So, yep. how many investments um, have you made this year with each of them, for example, or do you plan to make? Yeah, I think you know. With Uplift, it'll be it'll probably be consistently around two a month. Angel okay. Squad, since Hustle Fund's portfolio is pretty big, and we're following on to the best companies. And when I say mm -hmm. pretty big, I mean like four to five hundred companies across yeah. Hustle Fund's three funds. So that's big, and uh, and so you know the Hustle Fund model is to write a really small check into the company at first, and then follow on. Once we see hustle, we evaluate mm -hmm. their their velocity and their it. execution, yeah. and so that's when we will put more money as a fund into that company, and then we'll also bring in Angel Squad into almost all of those companies. So that then means you know probably three to five deals a month that we're mm -hmm. sharing with Angel Squad. Um, it has been a little bit slower to start this year, but that's because I think fundraising in general was a little slower and we're starting now we're in early March. We're starting to see there's a real uptick that's, that's coming. Um, yeah. I think our fund, the velocity is about to pick up. And I think that because of that, the angel squad velocity is going to pick up a lot. Got it. Nice. And what's your uh, average uh, check size for some of these deals? I would say between, between like two and 400 K on average, mm -hmm. if it's earlier, if it's like a very early seed stage, it might be closer to like 150. Um, this would be for hustle fund. Yeah. 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 This is for, sorry, <laughs> there's a couple here. So this is for hustle fund. Um, and then you might syndicate some more on top of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, yeah, no, I'm talking, that is about syndicating the deals. So um, for hustle fund, hustle fund might out of the fund invest between a hundred and like 400 K as a follow on. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in addition to that syndicate out, you know, for an early stage company, 150 K for really early stage, otherwise maybe two to 400 K. Got it. Oh, super interesting. Um, in terms of, uh, like just 
what you guys look for. I, obviously, we got a couple different things here. Maybe so you, you bucket into uh, mm-hmm. the uplift and then uh, Angel Squad. I know with Angel Squad, you guys are following on to what Hustle Fund looks at. Uh, but maybe let's talk about Lyft. Uh, the, are you only doing uh, rideshare deals or alumni <laughs> deals? Like what, what does Good that question. look like? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. So the, the kind of the genesis of the uplift syndicate was just that there's a lot of really high caliber people who leave Lyft to start their own company, usually completely unrelated to rideshare. Right. So they're, they're starting SaaS They've companies. had enough. They've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so they're starting like mostly SaaS companies. Um, and we have invested, I think, in 10 plus of those companies hmm. um, founded by ex-Lyft employees who I worked with. And I know they're really good. And and the best part about it is the first 250, 300 people who joined the Lyft syndicate were, uh, were employees or ex-employees of Lyft. So we all know these people who yeah. were then investing in. And it's pretty cool to see that kind of flywheel um, spin of like, let's support these people as they go out and start their own founder journey. Um, but to answer your question more broadly, um, it's really any investment opportunity that I believe is a good investment opportunity. I want to share that with the Lyft Syndicate. I started the Lyft Syndicate with Ann Mira Co, who mm-hmm. uh, was one of the first investors in Lyft and was has been on the board since the beginning. Um, I think she invested in Zimride, actually, as a starting mm-hmm. point. Cool. Um, so... So she's known John and Logan forever and uh, the founders of Lyft. And and she's been really influential in all, my entire journey. So that started in 2019. And um, so she helps me review which deals to bring to the Lyft syndicate as well. Very cool. So, you know, these alumni syndicates are pretty popular with Lyft and Airbnb and other companies. What do you think is sort of the unique advantage, right? Is it because you've known these people and you work with them and you're more comfortable investing? Is it because, you know, these companies have done really well and everyone has a lot of money to invest? Uh, if you had to pick one uh, thing, why, why do you think these alumni syndicates are popular and seem to be doing pretty well? Yeah. So actually, that's awesome uh, that you asked that. So about in the pre-pandemic, I became the alumni syndicate guy. We didn't really talk about this, but that was my kind of my positioning in this whole venture marketplace. Um, and I actually helped Lenny and Dan start the Airbnb syndicate. I helped. Cool. Uh, I talked to a ton of these folks who were like, hey, I saw what you're doing with the Lyft alumni syndicate. What about um, Pinterest? Helped Pinterest. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's Square, there's Stripe, there's a bunch of them. And why did they all start? I think kind of come there's a couple different reasons but i think as a the crux of it really is the founder friends that we have mm-hmm. from these companies um that's the way to get it started i think and if you're if you're listening and you're thinking about starting like an alumni syndicate i would i would push you on the fact that number 1 it's a lot of work but number 2 yeah. you should be really well connected to the the folks at the those companies at your company because you need to know who those people are who are going to go out and start companies and and then invest in in those uh in those startups and and be able to kind of procure the the group uh excitement to support those startups when it comes to a lot of money <laughs> uh dirty secret probably like <laughs> i don't think that many people at lyft made a ton of money like even the early employees didn't make that much money to be like just spraying big gotcha. checks into companies, I would say the average check size when I share a Lyft syndicate deal of the Lyft 
uh, employees who participate, it's probably like between two and $5,000 into the, one of these companies. It's not like 25K, mm -hmm. it's not 50K. It's, I don't think there's a single person who's ever done more than maybe 15K. Got it. And so they're kind of our level, Colin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wannabes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, wannabes. <laughs> I think we're all a little bit of wannabes in this, yeah, yeah. In this new game. I, you know, honestly, I look at it a little bit differently. I think the time is, times have changed, right? And now there are like actual investment vehicles that allow you to diversify, right? It used yeah. to be that, yeah, you could only get into a certain number of deals. And you, honestly, it was like hard to find startups because you didn't have all the networking opportunities. And so you inherently just were larger checks because the shoe leather cost. And mm -hmm. now that shoe leather cost is gone with investing. I mean, AngelList has done an amazing job, right? of making a marketplace of investments through syndicates and being able to invest smaller amounts. I think it's actually smarter to do more deals. Like I think we all kind of research 20 to 30 mm -hmm. deals, 40 deals. Like that's way better than four deals, right. In terms of success rate. So I, I actually like think it's a really good thing that the check sizes are going that direction. Maybe from the founder's perspective, they're like, like sweating a little bit, like an admin um, of me hearing that. But uh, yeah, I just like, I think that's good. Well, there and I 100% agree. And there are products and solutions on the admin side, like syndicates or like roll-up vehicles through AngelList that that reduce the admin headache. So I think it's really that kind of there's some innovations that have been happening that have allowed for people to make more diversified bets when somebody joins Angel Squad. And and most people who join Angel Squad are they've never written a check. They don't know what they're doing. They they just are kind of starting at zero. And that's great because we're like, look, let's say you have $20,000 in total to invest in startups. Do not do two 10K checks. That is, mm -hmm. that's one way to probably lose all your money. Do, you know, 10 2K checks. Like that's probably the, the move there if you're going to do that or 21K checks. It's fine. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter that much between one and 2K to the founder. They just want, Really, the thing that becomes pretty cool is they want the support of your network, your skill set. Like if you're willing to roll up your sleeves and help a little bit, that's magical for a founder. And it turns out that the people who write the 1K, 2K check are the most helpful. And I've seen this now for three years. They are the most helpful at supporting the founders because that $1,000 actually means a lot to them. A yeah. lot more than $10,000 means to the $10,000 check writer. So totally. you're going to see the investor update that says, hey, do you know somebody at this company? And they're going to read it and they're going to be like, I do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to connect you. And it's already in your inbox versus like you have to really pull on the, the bigger check writer. Yeah, it's for me, it's like these smaller checks are typically the operators themselves or within a company or whatever. And so their fingers on the pulse. They yep. know what you're trying to do, whether it's like hiring strategy, SEO, whatever it may be that you need, right? Business development, they're doing it day to day. And so they know that person at whatever company you need because they're friend. That's right. Um, so I love that. So let's talk a little bit about um, Angel Squad. Uh, I'd love to you know understand the thesis. I was reading it last night. And you know one of the things I love that you guys do is just the accessibility piece of it. Like the whole point of like, if you go get um, that one of those series XYZ, yeah, that one, uh, you guys will pay for it if they do that's the right. test. And, and that's just like, to me is about accessibility. And I love that. So I just, it sounds like accessibility is a big part of it, but I'd love to hear the thesis. Why did, you know, why does a, why does a VC fund want uh, an angel school uh, investing alongside of it? Tell us more. 
Yeah. Well, let's start with like, let's start starting at the top with the lift syndicate. Once I opened it up to anyone who is on angel list, I started to notice a trend, which is people are just joining the syndicate, reading my memo, and then just spraying cash <laughs> into these companies with no real strategy. And that was the insight that led me to basically figure out like, you know, what, what if a, a really well-respected venture fund, which in this case, hustle fund, mm -hmm. uh, wanted to teach people how they do things at their fund, show them, here's how we review deals. Here's uh, a great company that we invested in and why we think it's great. Bring your deals and we'll tell you what we think about that. Like that doesn't exist. I, I tried for years to learn that stuff. And it, thankfully, Ann Mira Co. taught me a lot of it, just one to one. But like, what about at scale? Can we can we do something that brings more people into this game? Uh, call, call it a game. I think it's like mm. this very fun, very yeah. um, potentially lucrative early stage investing um, marketplace. And so, I'm very entrepreneurial. I connected with Hustle Fund. We basically fell in love love with each other. <laughs> and we we were like, let's do this thing. And, and Hustle Fund was like, we are committed. We're going to make this awesome. So the whole thesis is let's get, let's get these high quality people who are, we have a no a-holes policy, by the way, you probably saw that too. There's a no a-hole policy. Uh, and we want people who, who really are curious about this and want to learn. Um, they don't need to be rich. Uh, they don't need to have any experience but they do need to want to get involved and and learn. And so, and, and again, we don't require investing in any of the startups either. So why did we do this? Well, number one, Hustle Fund's a pretty small fund. Um, first fund was 10 million. Second fund was 30, a little over 30. This most recent fund was 45, super small fund, but we have great companies and we want to keep financially supporting them. So let's bring these allocations to a great group of angel investors to financially support them, number one. But what happens next is probably way more valuable to these companies, which is once the squad invests, you now have these really high caliber, highly motivated one to 5K check writers like we were talking about mm -hmm. there to help you. And they are so good at raising their hand and saying, I want to help I saw that they're looking for product advice. I'm a product manager at Google. I don't really do that much anymore. <laughs> so I have some Got a time. Little free time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to chat with them and I want to get closer to startups. And so we connect the dots. We just, just yesterday we posted here is like 10 opportunities for you to get involved. 37 comments later, uh, people are like, you know, offering their help. Yeah. We're connecting the dots. And so from a strategic perspective, Hustle Fund actually benefits from that, right? Because yeah. that's their portfolio. And so that's a that's a pretty valuable asset to have. Yeah. What uh what type of angels or potential angels are you trying to attract to the angel squad? You mentioned that people can come in with no experience or you know just be eager, not an asshole. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, but are there certain is it operators, is it people from certain companies or industries? How do you kind of uh market it if you do it all? That's a really good question. Um and I think that's kind of where our opportunity has been, which is mm -hmm. we want everyone people from yeah. all walks of life. You might be 23, just graduated from college. You might be 65, just retired, but you, you're kind of still want to 
be, I guess you're curious about what people are building, what's coming around the corner. We have chefs, we have doctors, we have an allergist, uh, we have a former NFL running back. And then of course we have a bunch of PMs, a bunch of engineers, yeah. a ton of founders, um, some C-suite execs at tech, publicly traded tech companies, unicorn founders. There's a whole range. And yeah. those people are there for very different reasons. But we found that people are there for learning, networking, investing, and supporting founders. And you could kind of weight those differently based on the person. Um, but but we're open in terms of who should who should want to join. Nice. So now that you teach this school, essentially, and you're just getting all these angel investors out into the wild, which is awesome. What, uh, I mean, what are the, the top three tips for uh, new and aspiring angel investors? Like what, you know? Yeah, we're about mm. to put Brian to work now that we have yeah, him. Yeah, he runs yeah. this big popular <laughs> school and we've got like a private tutoring session right here. Yeah. Top three tips when it comes to angel investing itself. Yeah, like quick ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, quick ones. So... <laughs> You know, there's a, everyone has their own framework, right? And there's, there's kind of their, I would say agreed upon inputs, which include things like the founder, the market, the product, the solution, um, competitiveness, things like that. I think number one, I like founders that have an earned secret. I think Anne might've coined that term and Mirako earned secret that they, they found from doing something really unique. Like they, they felt this problem and there was just, they felt it so deeply and so acutely that they had no choice, but to make it their life's work and they're going to find a way to solve it. Right. Uh, I like this one's kind of, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> ironic given Lyft and Uber's struggles, but I like profitable companies from day one, right. Unit economics that kind of work from the, from the outset not super capital intensive to get to, to scale. Um, so high margin businesses. Uh, so th those are, those are two big ones. Um, and so that does usually mean like a software focused business. Um, and then number three, I guess people wait, you know, how much does the founder matter versus the market? If it's a great market and a good founder, what happens? If it's a great founder in a bad market, what happens? Ultimately, I think, Time and time again, you see that the market actually does matter the most, um, and and I think everyone will have different answers. Like, well, no, the a great founder will find that the they're in a bad market and they'll pivot into a good market. I'd rather just have a good market and see a mediocre founder working in a good market that has a lot of market pull. Um, uh, those are those are the things I think that matter the most. Hmm. Good food for thought. The uh... I was uh, mulling over yesterday, like market taking versus market mm. making, yeah. Which I think is kind of hits on like your point about the pull, right? And like, where do you invest? Like, you know, a lot of companies are right. like, well, if I can get one percent of this giant TAM, <laughs> uh, this will be a hundred billion dollar company. And you're like, okay, great, yeah, get it. But you know what? What, what I've found, kind of my experience, and I think it kind of dovetails what you're saying, is like you want like market pull, like you want something where it's new, right? And the market's being made such that you have greenfield opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Where, and that's what like Uber and Lyft, you know, while not being uh, wildly profitable, got massive scale because it was a greenfield opportunity, right? Like yeah. there just didn't exist. Harry's blog couldn't have existed without it, right? Like it's just like a whole market was made. And uh, I think that's uh, just hugely fascinating to me to think about. And it's really hard to 
predict, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you look at it and you're like, oh, this company is making something new. Can it actually be a big market? Yeah, um, so, I totally, just to add one more thought to that is, uh, and something I, I probably would have said if I, if I had prepared an answer to it, which is the why now. I think um, oftentimes in, in investing, you talk about why now, why, why should this company, why didn't this company exist five years ago? That's something that Lyft and Uber had, which is there's a smartphone now that has GPS built into it. So drivers could exist and get matched just with technology to passengers. And that had not existed previously. Otherwise taxis would have been using that, um, but they weren't. And so this, unlocked this completely new market and and you know turns out that the market pull was very strong there yeah very cool um so i i think the angel squad is cool i'm also on the website and i see that you guys have 1200 plus angels 21 million dollars invested in 50 plus companies and i think the the last thing i kind of wanted to ask you about here before we move on to our trending twitter threads which i know everyone likes that segment um it seems like you guys are doing you know there's sort of the training component it seems like online you guys are doing actual meetups and events um what's sort of the part that uh kind of excites you most and that you like kind of being involved in the in the angel squad for sorry i keep i keep confusing hustle fund angel squad i'm sure it's not the first time it's happened but no no, (laughs) trust me man i get it's hard to even talk to my family about it my mother-in-law was like brian it's always angel this angel that i just can't keep track and i was like i i I, i'm sorry i don't know what to say um so to answer your question i think what people people come for the learning they're like i don't know what to do yeah. They come, maybe they come for some investing access, but from day one, the most surprising feedback that people have given is the community side. They're yeah. like, this network is super high quality. I'm getting a ton of value out of these connections. People are founding their own funds together. They're starting their own syndicates together. They're making like friends, like they get yeah. together and they share pictures of like, they're on a boat or they're out to lunch and like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like these people are getting together all over the world. We're in 20 plus different countries. Um, and we and part of the part of the experience is we'll pay for you to get together in person because we really think that's valuable. So that's to me something I I still try to like internalize that this is happening. Um, because I think it's pretty cool and um wasn't exactly what the initial purpose was all about but it's a great byproduct that we're pretty proud of yeah i think i think it really resonated with me i mean you know i was eager to have you on to talk about the lift up syndicate i think our audience specifically you know kind of aspiring and you know as we like to call them wannabe angels though like Mm -hmm. i think that i imagine that pull is the learning aspect like hey these guys are experts they've done it they can teach you about it and then once you get in there and you join you're like hey this is actually pretty cool this is fun i actually want to hang out with these people uh and sort of you know learn from them but also you know actually enjoy my time and like you said it's cool to hear uh, that there were, you know, new funds popping out and all these opportunities. So I thought it was really cool to have you on and kind of highlight, uh, the angel squad. So people can definitely, um, you know, kind of take a leap, take a peek at that. We'll put a link in the show notes and, uh, you know, to everything that you've got going on and we'll make sure that we get all the titles, right. Uplift, 
yeah. Hustle Fund, Angel, Angel Squad, Squad. And we will make sure we put links to each one and make sure that we don't mess it up in the show notes. But uh, I'm sure Colin and I have messed it up. Uh, at least I have, I'm sure, once during this podcast. So it's all good, uh, man. I get it. It's a lot. <laughs> really appreciate it. Colin, do you have a couple uh, Twitter threads that you want to get a commentary from Brian on? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, as always, here for the hot takes. And Let's I'm do it. Well, we I want to hear your commentary too. Everybody. We picked a couple special wow. ones for you. We like hearing our own commentary as well. Maybe too much. <laughs> um, hence why, you know, you start a podcast, right? Um, so uh, Jason Lemkin, uh, always a fun person on Twitter to follow. Uh, he tweeted uh, a couple days ago, 2023 is the time to be an aggressive Series A investor in SaaS. Seed hasn't slowed down at all, but Series A has the natural best dislocation in the market. I responded that it's interesting because series a uh, is like definitely a spot where you can still get those 10 to 20 X gains um, mm-hmm. with, but with meaningful amounts of capital at series a, right? Like mm-hmm. seed, it's just harder to put enough money to work. Um, and that most of the companies I've like worked with recently that are doing series a are like really struggling to raise an evaluation that's far off from where they raise their seed right now. Yeah. Um, and he responded, yes, this is the sweet spot. Seed is always for suckers. <laughs> and um so i wanted to hear your take is, is seed is there seed rounds for suckers as a seed investor uh, do you think seed investing is for suckers <laughs> i think that's a really i love that i think good for you for chirping in there that's awesome colin um uh so i would say I think it's just a completely different risk profile. And the way that we look at things at Hustle Fund, and I think, by the way, I think Elizabeth Yin at Hustle Fund is just a straight up genius startup. She's a startup guru. She knows everything. And I just kind of would follow her off of a cliff if that's what she said we should do. And so she really repeats this frequently, which is we the strategy with Hustle Fund is to look for a 50 to 100x potential outcome. And so how do you how do you size that up? You look at that market, what are comps, what are other companies exiting at from a revenue multiple perspective? Is it 15x? Is it 50x, which probably was last year? Um, yeah. and so if you're doing a hundred million in ARR, where does that take you? And then what is the price today? So, right. So if if you're investing at a $20 million post money valuation, then can this 100x and be a you know 2 billion dollar company when when it exits so that hmm. i kind of think of that agnostic of the round if it's a series a if it's a seed it doesn't really matter when when you're assessing this 50 to 100x multiple so if they're raising a C, a series a at a 40 million dollar post um you know that that's still if if that's if there's a, a real line of sight to 50 to 100 X, then I, I think it doesn't matter if it's a seed or series A. It's just a completely, it's just up to you in terms of your assessment on what's that upside look like and what, yeah. when you're, you know, your portfolio strategy, w- w- where do you want to play? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that advice. And I think I heard something similar when I first started angel investing a few years ago. And for me, it was really like, I looked at it as a learning opportunity. Like I knew I wanted early stage, but I was kind of okay with, you know, pre-seed, seed, series A, series B. I did secondaries. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of looked at uh, all these different deals. And I think that was one thing that resonated with me. It's like, kind of what's the upside, right? Like, obviously you want to get a good price, but I mean, if you're looking for a hundred X outcome, the math is pretty simple. It doesn't matter if you got in at 20 or 40, a hundred X times, you know, 20 or 40, 
40 is still going to be pretty, <laughs> pretty damn right. good. It'll be a, a 50, right? Instead of a hundred, like, so it sort of fits within that framework uh, mathematically. So I like that. And, you know, I'll just uh, kind of, I saw a couple comments in here. I saw one from David Sachs, right? He has mm-hmm. a, a GIF saying of Chris Pratt, right? So obviously Kraft <laughs> is known for, you know, kind of their SAS and I think series A, right? So, <laughs> um, were there funny. any other uh, responses well, that you like, Colin? Can I say one more thing about it, yeah. which is it also depends on what your goal is as an angel mm-hmm. investor, because if you want to be influential and very helpful to a startup, if that's part of your yeah. goal, then the earlier you go, the more impact you can have. That's and a good point. Some people find that to be fun. I personally love that. Like yeah. I love making those connections. I love giving advice to founders. I advise for companies I think it's it's really fun. And it's like, how are we going to get from this pre-seed and raise the next couple of rounds and think about fundraising strategy and all that stuff? It's like it's like you and the founder and maybe like yeah. two other people. I think that's fun. And, you know, call me a sucker, but like maybe that's just my hobby. I actually enjoy it. <laughs> No, that's actually a good point. I mean, Series A, you definitely kind of as an angel, you're going to have less impact, maybe less face time with the founder. There's physically going to be more people at the company, more going on, more revenue. And so your kind of potential impact is likely going to be smaller. That one customer intro, if they've got 50 customers, it's like, okay, cool, thanks. But it's not like, that was our first customer. Yes. You're my guy. Yes, <laughs> right. exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'd say one angle to it that I... I, I think he was uh, being tongue in cheek about the seed investing. I think it's really about like investment right now. There seems to be opportunity mm-hmm. at the series A like there. And oh, really A, B, C, D keep going down the alphabet right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Those valuations have severely corrected. Right. And that as you kind of go further down there, there's actually less people funding. Right. So yeah. there's less competition driving up valuations. And so I think that's uh, I think that's part of the, you know, more of like just a pure investment kind of like op- uh, opportunity rather mm-hmm. than just anything to say about actually seed investing. Because I think what you say is true, right? Is like you just have to go earlier to get those kinds of returns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I generally do agree with what he's saying, though. Like right now, Series A, if you're yeah. purely talking about like valuate the risk profile of like how much traction yeah. does this company have and at what valuation are they raising at, purely. Just if you're looking at that, I probably agree with them that Series A is actually a really yeah. nice place to be investing right now. Yeah. And I think for the for the newbies like me, it's basically like this tweet took me a little while to understand, but basically he was sort of saying that like, hey, companies are struggling to raise Series A, right? So it's almost like they're lower valuations. Everyone's kind of piling onto seeds. So it's more competition, supply and demand, yeah. right? And then the light bulb went off in my head. So for all the all the wannabes out there, that's the, uh, you know, TLDR. Um, <laughs> so we've got one more thread for you here that I think is kind of cool. Um, should be a quick one. It's from Martin Tobias. In his Twitter profile, he literally in parentheses as pre-seed VC, which I like. So it's like, okay, what does this guy do? He's a pre-seed VC. (laughs) That's very helpful. Uh, He says, how did I get started as an angel investor? I invested in a venture fund by Ron Conway. Uh, Investing in venture funds makes you a better direct investor. I'm an LP in 17 funds uh, currently. So what do you think about, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people ask you, how do I get started as an angel investor? What do you think about the uh, kind of route of doing it to start as an LP in a venture fund? Good, bad idea? That's a really interesting point. Um, I don't think that's what I would recommend personally. Mm-hmm. I think 
my recommendation, well, obviously, first would be join Angel Squad. This is why we exist. Um, I think this is why Colin picked this uh, thread for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was kind of a softball, but I didn't want to be that biased. So the answer to that question is to join Angel Squad. But if you couldn't do that, yeah. like two years, two plus years ago when it didn't exist, the other suggestion I used to give is just join a bunch of syndicates, but don't invest at all. Just just review deals and get repetitions reviewing deals um, and start to develop a little bit of muscle memory on like, why did you, why did you like that deal? Why did you almost mm. invest in that deal? But then you remembered, Brian told me, don't invest. Yeah. Like <laughs> what, why, what was your approach? Did you like the founder? You like the market? Like, how did you think through the, the framework that you've start to develop? The reason I suggest that instead of just becoming an LP in a fund is the fund is making the investment decisions. They are just kind of sharing an update with like some deal flow. Like here's yeah. three companies we invested in and why. Cool. That's cool. But like you could do that with a syndicate for free and you'll see why that syndicate lead is explaining that, um, that, that they are investing in that company. And you could do, you could see 10 of those deals in one day versus an LP updates, usually like quarterly, maybe, maybe even, you know, like semi-annually so i would i would disagree with that that take i i do think you're right it's like the uh older version of like angel schools right i mean like that's an of angel squad um in particular so that you know it's funny is that it's actually advice we've gotten from other folks that we've had on the show they've done a lot of angel investing but more you know longer time period ago and i think uh the one thing i do like about the fund LPing that I've gotten some value out of is the the thesis kind of driven like investing and how do you do that? Kind of like what you've said what you've learned from Elizabeth is like that's really useful framework for just mm -hmm. understanding how investing works. And so that's the area, like you said, you're not going to see their deal flow and they're not going to share everything with you and kind of give you the the rundown play by play of everything. But they are going to like share like why are we making the investments we make such that you understand why you're an LP in this fund and, you know, doing these things. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit torn now, Brian, because I, I used to sort of like the idea of starting as an LP, you know, when you're getting into angel investing, obviously on the smaller side, don't be cutting 500 K check, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> maybe 25 K. Yeah. Something smaller. And I like that idea, right. For the reasons we talked about, but now I'm kind of torn because I like your idea a little bit better of joining <laughs> syndicates because it's free, right. You don't actually have to invest and you're kind of learning, you're kind of flexing that muscle memory. And, you know, like, I don't know that you really like, again, I think it kind of goes to your motivations, right? Like, are you really trying to maximize your dollars as much as possible without, or do you kind of want to balance that with, you know, I think of it as like a slider, like maximizing your dollars over here, maybe learning and like the potential personal impact that you can have a company and every deal or opportunity sort of falls on a different side of that slider. So I think you kind of have to think about that personally. And for a new uh, angel investor, it might be kind of more, I imagine it would be more like, Hey, I want to learn. I like this. I might lose some money. Uh, so kind of joining that syndicate route, you kind of get a lot of the advantages without having to spend your money yet. Yeah, exactly. But I, 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 I'm a very tiny LP, like you said, 5k checks into two funds. Mm -hmm. I, I like to see yeah. what, how they approach it. And, and especially one of them is a climate tech fund and I don't cool. see much climate tech deal flow personally. I don't really know that much about it, but good friend of mine, mentor of mine runs it. And he, I, I love kind of seeing what he's investing in, but at the same time, he also has a syndicate 
And so you could just join his syndicate where <laughs> yeah. he shares uh. these deals. Uh, I just did it because I like, yeah. I don't know, I I wanted to support him. Um, but, and hopefully, you know, hopefully it makes some money. But I will say one last thing, which is in 15 minutes, we're doing kind of the live play-by-play, Colin, that you were just talking about with Angel Squad. We oh, nice. literally have about 50 people on a call. Elizabeth or Eric, GPs at Hustle Fund, will open up the Hustle Fund deal flow. And we will go through slide decks together and decide live whether or not we're going to take the meeting with the founder who submitted that slide deck. And Very so cool. people are seeing in real time, real behind the scenes, what's going on at this venture fund. Because like you said, as an LP, you just don't get that access, yeah. but that's what we, yeah. we want people to see that. Awesome. Well, I think uh, we're going to let you go to go and prepare for that uh, said meeting. I really appreciate you coming on, Brian, and uh, we'll leave a link to everything that you have going on in the show notes. Is there anything else uh, you want to mention before we let you get out of here? I hope you guys are super successful with this podcast. I'm all about just kind of positive sum thinking here. The more people we could bring into this this ecosystem, the better. Um, I think just across the board, there's so much positive outcome that can happen by enabling more people from more walks of life to learn this stuff, to start investing in pockets of their community, which is outside of like the Silicon Valley bubble or the Stanford alumni bubble. Like let's get, let's empower more people to start funds and be capital allocators in these different pockets of the world. Um, I think good things happen when we, when we do that. So good luck with the podcast. I'm, I'm grateful that you had me on. Definitely. Appreciate it, Brian. Take care.